0: After that introduction, I just have one question for Dennis. Are you, are you sure that the Lester Burkholder you asked is the one you wanted? <laughs> but uh, I am uh, glad to be back here in this community again. We enjoyed the three weeks that we were here. And uh, the uh, just if you want to straighten the record, the uh, yearbook for that year has the other Lester Burkholder and I switched by our middle initials. And then when the uh, Midwest Fellowship history book was written, they copied that mistake into that book. (laughs) So, there's been uh, confusion over that, uh, over the years. I am glad that God knows when to quit making Lester Burkholders. I live, my wife and I live in a small city or large town, uh, Allentown, Pennsylvania, we're involved with a, an inner city mission. We uh, don't live real far from Center City, from the, the square, uh, a uh, town of 120,000 people. We're involved there with a, a mission. We have a, both an adult ministry and a, a children's ministry, which we uh, bus. We have two school buses and four vans that we bring uh, children to the Thursday evening Bible studies and also uh, Tuesday evenings we have an adult Bible study. We bring adults there, those who need transportation, and of course, the Sunday services. It's a very busy mission, very busy work, and what we have experienced over the years is pretty much of a revolving door. Which, uh, there has been, uh, one in and one out. And we started with working with ex-inmates that we had learned to know in prison and it developed into that, uh, those who were coming <clears throat> told their friends to come and, uh, then their friends started coming and, and it's just, uh, we, we don't have as many ex-inmates as we used to, but, uh, it's more of a, a word of mouth of people coming and, uh, liking it and inviting their friends. One lady who came uh, told her friend, you need to go to the Mennonite church. Their, their singing is just wonderful. It, it It's marvelous. It just sounds so beautiful. There's a man that gets up front, he blows a whistle, and three seconds later everybody's singing. <laughs> you know... Uh, they view us differently and they don't understand and they get the wrong impression sometimes. Uh, but they they think that we are something special. Uh, but we're not. And we're very much like them. Although we do live a different lifestyle, we are non-conformed to the world around us. The message that I have this morning has to do with some of that. And... Uh, How do we relate to those who come from a different background? We're going to start in Leviticus chapter 17 and verse 8. Leviticus 17 verse 8, talk about uh, the uh, proselytes. The title that I have given this is the inclusiveness of godliness. It is godly to welcome proselytes. A proselyte is one who changes from one religion to another, or from one people to another. And uh, so we have the Old Testament proselytes, and we have New Testament proselytes, and we'll be looking at both of them. Leviticus 17, verse 8, And thou shalt say unto them, this is God speaking uh, to Moses, Whatsoever man there be of the house of Israel, or of the strangers which sojourn among you, that offereth a burnt offering or sacrifice, and bringeth it not unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation to offer it unto the Lord. Even that man shall be cut off from among his people. So we see here the same thing for the Israelite. Uh, ye chosen seed of Israel's race, we sang, sang this morning. And then in the next verse, it was, uh, what was the wording there? Gentile sinners. Uh, was the, the next verse. And uh, so we have uh, the the same God expects the same thing of people uh, regardless of their background and where they come from and, and uh, where they have been. He calls us to one faith and one practice. And that's what he was doing here in this verse. In these verses. And we go on, verse 10. Whatsoever man there be of the house of Israel or of the strangers that sojourn among you that eateth any manner of blood I will even set my face against that soul that eateth blood and will cut him off from among his people. For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given to you, given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your sins. For it is the blood that maketh an atonement for the soul. Therefore I said unto the children of Israel, No soul of you shall eat blood, neither shall any stranger that sojourneth among you eat blood. And whatsoever man there be of the children of Israel or of the strangers that sojourn among you, which hunteth and catcheth any beast or fowl that shall be that may be eaten, he shall even pour out the blood thereof and cover it with dust. For it is the life of all flesh, and the blood blood of it is the life thereof. Therefore I said unto the children of Israel, ye shall eat the blood of no manner of flesh, for the life of all flesh is the blood thereof, whatsoever eateth it whosoever eateth it shall be cut off. And every soul that eateth that which dieth of itself for that which it was torn with beasts, whether it be one of your own country or a stranger. He shall both wash his clothes and bathe himself in water and shall be unclean until the even. Then shall he be clean. But if he wash them not nor bathe his flesh, then he shall bear his iniquity. Now the main emphasis of this passage is about the blood. It's about the sacrifice. It is about eating Meat without the blood. That's the main emphasis of this. But what I wanted to bring out in reading this is that God had the same rules for the stranger as He did for the Israelite. That God expected the same thing of them. Now we go to Ezekiel chapter 47. Ezekiel 47. And verse 22. And it shall come to pass that ye shall divide it by lot for an inheritance among you. That's the the land of Canaan. And to the strangers that sojourn among you, which shall beget children among you, and they shall be unto you as born in the country among the children of Israel. They shall have inheritance with you among the tribes of Israel. And it shall come to pass that in what tribe the stranger sojourneth, there shall ye give him an inheritance, saith the Lord God. Though the stranger, the proselyte, was not to be landless. He was to have an inheritance among the Israelites. He was to be counted as one of them and have deed to a property, that that this was his property. Now, there were two classes of proselytes which we uh, read about in, in the Bible and we uh, come across them several times in scriptures. In Acts, Exodus chapter 20 and verse 10, the Ten Commandments, the seventh day is a Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work thou, nor thy son, nor thy daughter, nor thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thy cattle, nor thy stranger that is within thy gates nor the proselyte is what that is referring to. The proselyte within thy gates. There were foreigners who uh, were, some of them were uh, bond slaves, some of them were free, but they were within the gates of those who owned land in uh, Israel. And they, they lived among the Jews and they conformed to the customs of the Jews. They may not have kept the law of Moses, But they did keep the seven precepts of Noah. That's right, Noah, not Moses. The seven precepts of Noah, which were, they abstained from injurious language in respect to God. They avoided idolatry. They did not commit homicide, incest, or robbery. They did not resist the magistrates. And they avoided eating blood or the flesh of animals without the shedding of their blood. And these were the proselytes or the strangers within thy gates. And then there were proselytes of righteousness and these were complete proselytes. They had adopted the religion of the Jews and the God of the Jews and they, they had uh, become one with the Israelites. We read about them in Exodus chapter 12. Verses uh, 48 and 49. And when a stranger shall sojourn with thee and will keep the Passover to the Lord, let all his males be circumcised and then let him come near and keep it. And he shall be as one that is born in the land, for no uncircumcised person shall eat thereof. One law shall be to him that is homeborn and unto the stranger that sojourneth among you. These were proselytes of righteousness in which they became full Jews. And they were as, as though they were the seed of Abraham. They were, they were, they were just like they were a descendant of Abraham themselves. And they were bound to keep the law of Moses and going a step beyond the seven precepts of Noah in endorsing and living by the law of Moses. They abandoned their former religion, uh, whatever it may have been in their homeland. They, they abandoned that and and uh, kept the law of Moses. They had bound themselves to the observance of the Mosaic law and its full extent in that circumcision and baptism and offering. And yes, there was baptism in the Old Testament. Offering of sacrifices. And they obtained all the rights of Jewish citizenship. Now, there were times when uh, in Israel there was a whole group of proselytes that joined Israel. In Exodus chapter 12, verse 38, we see that it was a mixed multitude that went up with them, and flocks and herds and very much cattle. So we have there the coming out of Egypt of those Egyptians who saw the plagues that God brought upon Israel and they saw the hand of God in bringing the, the lights and the, and the hail and the darkness and the slaying of the eldest son and all of that. And they said, this is a mighty God and, and he is powerful, more powerful than the gods of Egypt. And they, they left Egypt and left their, their Egyptian gods and, and endorsed this Jehovah, this God who led them through with the, the descendants of Abraham through that Red Sea and passing on to the other side. And they, they fully endorsed the the Jewish religion and the God of, of the Jews in uh, becoming uh, one with them. It was a mixed multitude, but they mixed together and were not separate in their relationship to Jehovah God. Another time when we see a group of uh, proselytes coming in is in the time of Esther, where uh, after Haman had tried to destroy them, and uh, they, God saved them through a mighty deliverance. And uh, Esther ten seventeen says, Many of the people of the land became Jews, for the fear of the Jews fell upon them. So we see there another group of of uh, Gentiles coming in and becoming part of the Jewish faith, Jewish religion, and serving Jehovah. And uh, so there were Gentiles that were brought in. The Kenites. Uh, just, just for, uh Moses' father-in-law, the Rechabites were, were Kenites, descendants of uh, Moses' father-in-law. We see also the Gibeonites, those who had tricked Joshua in despairing them, and, and they became part of Israel, and they became the, the perpetual bondmen and the hewers of wood and the drawers of water, which they came in as a group, as uh, proselytes into the Jewish nation, and they lived among Israel. Uh, the Cherethites and the Pelethites were not exactly sure who they were. Probably uh, Philistines whom David had befriended when he fled to uh, to the land of the Philistines. But uh, the Cherethites and the Pelethites are always mentioned together. And uh, they were the bodyguards and the messengers and the executioners in uh, the history of, of Israel. Those were some groups that were uh, brought in as proselytes. And became part of of Israel, but then we have individuals who also uh, became proselytes and were uh, brought into the Israelite nation. Doeg the Edomite was one of them. Of course, he did uh, some very bad things. Uh, Uriah the Hittite was one. Aruna the Jebusite, from whom uh, David bought the threshing floor, uh, and uh, Zelek the Ammonite, and then there's some others that uh, Ethiopians Ithmar and Abed-Melech something like that they were Ethiopians they became uh, Israelites as well one of the the more familiar ones to us would be found in the book of Joshua in chapter 6 in which we have the conquest of Canaan of Israel crossing and uh, having that Battle the overthrow at Jericho, and there we have a, a lady by the name of Rahab, and uh, she saw the mighty works of God in in uh, bringing Israel out of Egypt. She had heard of that, and and she heard how that uh, God had brought them through the Red Sea, and she, and how He uh, provided for them through the wilderness experience, and and then she she sees uh, them coming there uh, to the land of Canaan, and she uh, by faith she received those spies into her house and protected them when they left she hung that cord in her window and every time they went around the city they saw that cord hanging from the window and they knew that she still had faith in Jehovah God in their God and that that uh, she was still at heart with them and uh, wanting to to have uh be a part of of Israel i believe she, they understood that and uh, when, uh, when the walls came down, the Israelites uh, saved her, Joshua and the army. They brought her out and, and took her uh, to the camp of Israel. In chapter 6, verse 23, we see that uh, the young men that were spies went in and brought out Rahab and her father and her mother and her brothers and all that she had. And they brought all of her kindred and left them without the camp of Israel. They left them outside the camp of Israel. And they burnt the city with fire and all that was therein, only the silver and the gold and the vessels of brass and iron, they put into the treasury of the house of the Lord. Joshua saved had the harlot alive and her father's household and all that she had. And she dwells in Israel even unto this day because she hid the messengers, which Joshua sent to spy out Jericho. So here we see one person and her family uh, brought in as uh, a part of Israel. They lived. In Israel, there was a time when they were kept separate, probably until they they went through some purification or sanctification uh, processes. And then they were brought in to the camp of Israel and they became uh, Israelites. And uh, we have mentioned in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 31, By faith the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not when she had received the spies with peace. James 2.25, likewise, also was not Rahab the harlot justified by works when she had received the messengers and had sent them out another way. Rahab became a proselyte. She became an Israelite because she endorsed the faith and accepted Jehovah as her God and uh, her Redeemer. We have also Ruth. Ruth said uh, to Naomi, uh, Entreat me not to leave thee or to return from following after thee. For where thou goest, I will go. Where thou lodgest, I will lodge. And thy people shall be my people, and thy God, my God. Where thou diest, there will I die, and there will I be buried. That was uh, Ruth saying that I am not going to be a proselyte of the gate. I am going to be a proselyte of righteousness. I want to go the whole way. I don't just want to be a proselyte Within the gates. But I want to be a proselyte. Of righteousness. That's the proselytes. That got the full blessing. Of God. There are those who were proselytes of the gate. And they received some blessings. But those who became the proselytes of righteousness. To them. The full blessings of God was poured out. As they committed themselves. And uh, I will never. No never no never turn back. We just sang a few minutes ago. And uh, that's the way it was. I believe with Ruth. I will never, no, never, no, never turn back. I am. I am going with you where you die. There I die. There I will die, and there I'll be buried. I'm never going to turn back. She was committed to being a proselyte of righteousness. That was a very fitting song that we sang. And uh, I just <laughs> was blessed in singing that song before this message. Isaiah chapter 56. Here we see God's love for the proselytes. Uh, you know, there's sometimes people who come from a non-Mennonite background, and they come in among us, and and uh, I, I hesitate to call them proselytes, but, you know, sometimes some of those struggle with some of the same feelings that these proselytes probably had. That uh, I wasn't born an Israelite, and here I am, I come in to the camp, and and. It, Am am I really one of them? Do I fit in? Have I made the adjustments? Do I, do I have the the or am I somehow strange from their customs and I haven't really fit in yet? Sometimes people who come into our uh into our brotherhoods can struggle with those things. But God accepts them and God loves them. And we see that uh, expressed here in Isaiah chapter 56. And I know we're still in the Old Testament. But uh, that's where we get some of these things in uh, God's view of the proselytes and God's view of those who come into our church today. And actually, I was not born a Mennonite. I wasn't a Mennonite until I was baptized. And, in fact, uh, I was born a heathen. I don't know about you. But you know what a heathen is? A heathen is one who doesn't know there's a God and doesn't care. And that's the way I was. I, I wanted to be fed and I wanted to be taken care of. But God, I didn't care about God, I didn't know about God i I was a heathen, and uh you you can determine what you were, but I was a heathen and uh so here I am, and today I want to be one of God's people, and uh a proselyte even though I was raised in a Christian home. All right, Isaiah chapter 56, verse 1, Thus saith the Lord, Keep ye judgment and do justice, for my salvation is near to come, my righteousness to be revealed. Blessed is a man that doeth this, and the son of man that layeth hold on it, and keepeth the Sabbath from polluting it, and keepeth his hand from doing any evil. Neither let the son of the stranger that hath joined himself to the Lord speak, saying, The Lord hath utterly separated from his people. He say, don't let the proselyte say, I'm some kind of uh, anomaly here. I'm, I'm different. I, I'm not the same. Don't don't say that. I'm one of them. I, where, where you live, there I'll live. Where you die, there I'll die. There will I be buried. I'm not different. I'm, I'm one of you. And uh, I have the same God. I serve that same God in the same faith. Neither let the eunuchs say, Behold, I am a dry tree. For thus saith the Lord unto the eunuchs that keep my Sabbath and choose the things that please me, take hold of my covenant. Even unto them will I give my house within my walls a place and a name better than the sons of daughters and of daughters. And I will give them an everlasting name that shall not be cut off. Also the sons of the stranger that join themselves to the Lord to serve him and to love the name of the Lord to be his servants. Everyone that keepeth the Sabbath from polluting it and taketh hold of my covenant. Even them will I bring unto my holy mountain and make them joyful in the house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices shall be accepted upon my altar for my house shall be called an house of prayer for all people. And the Lord God which gathereth the outcasts of Israel saith, yet will I gather others to him besides those that are gathered unto him. So we see that God loves the proselyte. God loves those who come from a different background and and who accept the way of God's people. And he he loves that. You know, in our congregation, uh, we have uh, people who are members uh, by the the name of uh, Evans and Nadeau and Buskirk and Case. (laughs) They're, They're one of us. And it's hard to imagine that some of these people lived in Protestant or Catholic homes. But here they are, and they're, they're one of us. And if you would come among us and, and meet them, uh, you probably have to be told that these people uh, were raised in a different home. It's just a blessing to have these people from a different background. And, uh, and, and when they come in, then, then the, their names are Mennonite names. That's <laughs> just what they are. they become a Mennonite name because the person has become a Mennonite uh, and and a Christian, too, and it's a real blessing. And some of their stories are very interesting to tell. Now, some of them have fallen away. Uh, Some of the people who did come in fell away, and that grieves us very much. If if an Israelite, if an Egyptian would come into Israel and leave again, I'm sure there was some sadness about that. If a Moabite, if if Ruth would have turned back, I, I think that, the Israelites would have been sad about that that she was part of them and then she left and and why uh, did we not make her welcome enough or why why did she go back well she didn't go back She's and she's in the genealogy of Jesus I believe uh, Rahab is also all right let's look at some New Testament uh, proselytes and uh, we see that they are we are first told that. They will be a part in one of those references in Isaiah chapter 2, verse 2. It shall come to pass in the last days that the mountains of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains and shall be exalted upon the hills and all nations shall flow unto it. <laughs> That's telling us that there's a time coming when it's going to be a worldwide religion and uh, Christianity will uh, be worldwide i had the privilege earlier this year of visiting a christian school in communist china run by one of the house churches what a blessing it was to see that uh, and to see that school uh, even though it was a protestant situation yet uh, it was a a very uh, interesting thing to see people who love the lord and are serving him to the best of their knowledge chapter 11 of isaiah verse 10 In that day shall there be a root of Jesse, which shall stand for an ensign of the people. To it shall the Gentiles seek, and his rest shall be glorious. And then Micah chapter 4, verses 1 through 5. In the last days it shall come to pass that the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established in the top of the mountains and shall be exalted among the hills. And the people shall flow unto it and many nations shall come and say, Come and let us go up to the house of the Lord to the house of God of Jacob. And he shall teach us his ways and we will walk in his paths for the law shall go forth of Zion and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. And he shall judge among the people and rebuke strong nations afar off. They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their Spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nations. Neither shall they learn war anymore. But they shall sit every man under his vine and every man under his fig tree. And none, of them shall, and none shall make them afraid. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. I don't know what your view of eschatology is. But uh, what we see here and what I want to pick out uh, without uh, applying too much eschatology is that there will be people of the nations That will come to the Lord and they are going to endorse non-resistance. That's as far as I'm going to take it this morning. (laughs) Just to be safe. Alright, then verse 6. In that day saith the Lord, I will assemble her that halteth and I will gather her that is driven out and her that I have afflicted. And I will make her that halteth a remnant and her that was cast off a strong nation. And the Lord shall reign over them in Mount Zion and henceforth even forevermore. And Jesus introduced the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. And we call that um, sometimes today the kingdom of Christ. And God wants us to be ambassadors. He wants us to go out and to expand that kingdom of heaven and take it to all the world. He says, go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, and he that believeth not shall be damned. You know, I don't know what your policy is here, but I am frustrated by some of our Mennonite conferences, that say, oh, I, w- I can't go to preach for you because you don't uh, live up on a high enough standard. You know, we're more conservative than you and I can't preach for you because you're too liberal. And uh I have made it a, just a firm commitment that if a preacher calls me, I'm going to say yes. I don't even care if he's Catholic or, or what he is. <laughs> if it sounds like a creature asking me to come and preach, I'm going to do it because Jesus said I should. And so... Uh, whatever. You know, this thing of, I can't preach for you because of, of whatever. I think we ought to quit that stuff. Because Jesus wants us to go out and to preach. And if it's Methodist, you know what? I'm going to preach a Mennonite message. They might not be used to that, but that's what they're going to get. They're going to get a biblical message, I hope so, from me as I, as I preach. Because God wants me to do that. Jesus told us. And, and that's what we ought to do. Uh, some of you know my brother Merle. <clears throat> uh, he, he has uh, preached to the Lions Club. And I, I questioned that a little bit. And, and then I came to peace with it. Because it's creatures that call him. And so I can't condemn him for that. To, to go and preach to the Lions Club. I think that's great. Uh, I've come to that conclusion. Alright. The, the proselytes. <clears throat> In the New Testament. Sometimes they are referred to as, as a devout man. Or men that feared God. Cornelius was a, one of them. Uh, what, uh, people who were worshiping God, uh, talks about devout and honorable women. These were people who became proselytes to the Christian church. In uh, Acts chapter 2, verse 10, we see there the Jews and the proselytes gathering together and hearing the preaching of, of Peter and how the Holy Spirit was poured out upon them. And uh, it was a, a a sign already that God was no respecter of persons. Acts chapter 6. We see the ordaining of the deacons there. And uh, what uh, the names that are given, those are Greek names. And uh, were they proselytes? Well, they had Greek names at least. That's the names that are given. And uh, I would think that they were probably proselytes and uh, given a charge within the church to take care of a need that was there. The Ethiopian eunuch in Acts chapter 8. And uh, Philip joined himself to the chariot, he went up in the chariot, and preached to him from Isaiah. And uh, he was baptized, and went on his way rejoicing. And maybe the, the Coptic churches of, of uh, Africa are uh, some of the fruit of that. I don't know what happened after the went, the Ethiopian eunuch went home. But he was a, a member of the church. Was he a Jewish proselyte before that? Uh, I don't know. We don't know the history of that. But uh, he was uh, a member of, uh, of the Church of Jesus Christ. In Acts chapter 13, we find that many Jews and religious proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas. Or many of them. And they, they helped to make up the church, these uh, religious proselytes. We see in Acts chapter 13, uh, Acts chapter 16, verses uh, 1 to 3 that Timothy's mother was a Jewess but his father was a Greek. So here's a home uh, that uh, probably a Jew and a Gentile uh, living together and uh, how that all came to be I'm not sure. But Timothy was a very valuable person in the establishment of the early Christian church as a church leader. He was brought in my heart rejoices when, when uh, God calls someone uh, from a, a a non-Christian raised in a non-Christian home, and they come into the church and they endorse the faith, not being a proselyte of the gate, but a proselyte of righteousness, and and they they have such a solid faith and, and testimony and an example that the church uh, God moves the church to to in uh, calling them out to be a leader. In the church and and, uh, ordination. That's a blessing to have that. In uh, our churches. Now the question comes. Is the Christian church open to proselytes today? Well it should be. We should be looking for whom. Would be interested. In being a proselyte. Who are the Rahabs of today? Who are the Ruths of today? Who are the Timothys of today? Who are they whom God will call? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. God is calling everyone The grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, looking for the glorious appearing of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who gave Himself for us, that He might redeem us from all iniquity, and purify unto Himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. God is calling, and He's calling people, to leave their lives of wickedness and come and be zealous of good works to endorse this Christian faith and not be a Christian of the gate but a Christian of righteousness. A proselyte of righteousness. Romans 10:13. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved The inclusiveness of righteousness. It is part of being righteous in which we include people, in which we, we draw them in through the, and it, well, no man comes unto the, unto Jesus unless the Father draw him, the Bible says. But we are part of that. We are God's voice to the world today. They, they hear us. They see us. They, they, they are watching us. They're reading our lives. And to our lives, show them that we're not living by the gate, but we are fully committed. We have endorsed it. And here we are, and we will never, no, never, no, never turn back. Luke fourteen twenty seven Whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. There are no Christians of the gate. That's where the hypocrites are. That's where the halfways are. We should not linger along among that. The early Anabaptist church in the 1500s and 1600s, they, they struggled with what to do with the Habanur. The Habanur were the half-Anabaptists. They, they they liked the Anabaptists. They believed like the Anabaptists, but they didn't commit them. They still went to the Protestant churches, the Catholic church, or whatever was in charge in their district. And the Anabaptists weren't sure what to do. Should we give these people communion or shouldn't we? Because they believe like we do. They just go to church with the others. And what do you do with them? Well, you know, sometimes we don't know what to do with some people either. And it's hard to decide. We don't want to put them out. But uh, what should we do? And... and Whosoever does not bear his cross is one who may be at the gate. Why are we at the gate? Are we coming in? Or are we going out? What are we doing? Let's not halt between two opinions, but let's be committed, fully persuaded that this is the way that God is calling us to live and to serve Him faithfully. Absolutely committed to Christ. Revelation 22 17. The Spirit and the Bride say, Come. Let him that heareth say, Come. That's us. Let him that heareth say, Come. Are we inviting? There are ways, there are different ways to invite. I have learned in my handing out uh, tracts, and I'm still not uh, an expert at this, but when we hand out tracts, we can do that uh, by different manners, and we we can be like a vending machine. we can hand out a thousand tracts in a day. Or we can say, uh, "Here's a, you want a gospel message? Here's something to read. Uh, have a good day. And what, what we are is a talking vending machine. And then I decide, I can do better than that. So I'm going to ask them, are you a Christian? Yeah, I'm a Christian. Sure, I'm a Christian. Yeah, I'm a Christian. What they mean is, I'm not a, I'm not a Muslim. Uh, I'm not a Buddhist. I'm not Hindu, so I must be Christian. Then I started to ask them this question Are you living in Christian victory? And you know what? You don't have not many tracks that way. Because they start telling you, no, I'm not. I'm living in defeat. I have unforgiveness. I'm, I'm living in immorality. I'm struggling with alcohol. I have a drug habit. And if you would ask them if they're a Christian, yeah, I'm a Christian. But you ask them, are you living in Christian victory? And some of them, what is that? And you you talk to them. and you, Your helpers, they, they might be handing out a lot of tracts. And here you are, just talking. That's what God called you to do. Let him that heareth say, come. And invite those proselytes in. Those potential proselytes. I want to close with Ephesians chapter 2. Verse 12. At that time. And that's uh, talking about what is back here in verse 1. You who were dead in trespasses and sins. At that time you were without Christ. Being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. You lived in Moab. You lived in Jericho. You lived in Egypt. You are dead in trespasses and sins. That's each one of us. We were born as heathens. And we were without. We were outside the commonwealth. We were outside the kingdom of Christ. And we were strangers of a covenant covenant of promise. Having no hope. And without God in the world. That was me. That was you. And, And that's where we were. But now... In Christ Jesus, you who are sometimes a far-off heathen are made nigh by the blood of Christ. You are now in the camp. What a blessing to be proselytes of righteousness in the camp. I'm one with you. We have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. We we are cleansed. We are made new. We have a new spirit within us. And God's spirit moves us to righteousness. And we are no longer outside the camp. Neither are we at the gate, But we are in the camp. Fully committed. I will never deny. I will never turn back. And we are committed. I I just told somebody who I hadn't met uh, for quite a few years. And and he, he asked me, how are you doing in your faith? And I said, you know what? I'm 66 years old. I have lived the Christian life and I've had my failures. But I'm too close now to the end to give up. And I'm not going to turn back. It's not worth it to turn back. If we go back after we have preached to others, we become a castaway. And that is an awful state to be in. We need to continue on and stay in the camp and be proselytes of righteousness. We were far off. Now, by the grace and mercy of God, we are made nigh. We have a close relationship with Jesus Christ, and we are nearing the end. You look at the world situation today, and I can't see that God will wait a, long, a lot longer. <laughs> it's, just, it's going downhill. <laughs> and And I know that people my age, when I was a boy, were saying that. But if, if, if you look close to them, it's closer now. It's not going to go away. Jesus is coming. And we may as well be. Proselytes of righteousness right up to the end. He that endureth to the end shall be saved.